I'm Andrew Schweitzer, and you're listening to the Boxing for Free podcast. It's been a while since you've heard from me. The last podcast I did was in the uh, last few weeks of March. I did a recap of Errol Spence's dominating victory over Mikey Garcia, and afterwards, I've just had a few personal things come up. Um, there have been some changes for me at work. I also had my big uh, comic expo uh, in April, so that took up some of my attention. And unfortunately, I was becoming a little bit uh, less enthused about the sport. But after watching the uh, PBC on Fox broadcast last night, the uh, the fire has been reinvigorated in me for boxing and all the credit in the world to Julian Williams and Jared Hurd for helping to reignite that fire. But uh, I'll get to that fight later because can't wait to talk about it. What I do want to do to start the podcast off is thank all the new uh, fans and subscribers who liked the Manny Pacquiao versus Ricky Hatton uh, rewind video that we did. Justin and I have been talking in the past about doing more videos like this. Uh, back in December, we did one looking back at Oscar De La Hoya versus Manny Pacquiao. And this time, I decided, let's look at Manny Pacquiao versus Ricky Hatton. It'll be a short fight, easy to cover. And a lot of people have responded positively to it. There have been a lot of people who have been liking the Boxing for Free Facebook page. And that's just been phenomenal for us. We really enjoy that. And it looks like the most of the responses that we've gotten to the video have been positive. Nobody's uh, The only negative thing that might be about it was that uh, we tried to show it to a lot of people in England. Nobody wanted to watch it. And, you know, Justin was, you know, a, a bit... Uh, bit baffled by this he says what do you mean like people can't ignore history and it's like what do you mean they can't ignore history they clearly are they don't want to watch ricky hatton get knocked out in two rounds which is obviously what happened in that fight but regardless we are thinking of doing more of these projects again i was hoping to have one uh for june uh later this year but it's just not going to happen it's not going to be available on time but uh, if there are more fights that you would like to see us cover, sort of a retro rewind, if you will, let us know, and we'll do our best to make that happen. But uh, let's talk about the PBC on Fox card last night. Oh, poor Matt Korobov. You know, I, I, I get home, and I turn it on thinking, I hope I haven't missed too much, and I, uh, I turn on the TV, and they announced that Matt Korobov had won a majority decision. And that was against Emmanuel Aleem. Uh, Korobov entered the fight with a record of 28-2. and two. He had uh, was coming off the second defeat of his career. That was against Jamal Charlo. And um, it, it seemed that, like from, from what a lot of people were saying, like I said, I got in just as they were making the uh, decision. But it seemed like... Uh, Korobov had dominated the first uh, six rounds, and then Aleem came on, and he was starting to take control, and if this was a 12-round fight, maybe it would have had a different outcome, but the fight was uh, initially ruled a majority decision for Korobov, but then, later in the broadcast, they announced that uh, 
No, one of the judges had made a mistake and the fight had now been ruled a draw. And I gotta say, like, uh, Korobov did not want to make a comment uh, on uh, to uh, the interviewer, Heidi, I can't remember her name because I think her interviews kind of suck. But either way, Korobov just sounded miserable after the fight, even though he had gotten the majority decision victory. I think that really irritated him, but he, you know, he's Russian. Those guys are all pretty miserable as it is. Um, you, you can only imagine how pissed off he must have been finding out that, oh no, you know, you didn't get the victory after all. It was a draw. So, yeah, he must have been pretty incredulous over that. I mean, he probably wants to poison somebody, probably Aleem, or maybe one of the judges who, uh, who scored it a draw. Regardless, uh, yeah, not a not a good night for Matt Korobov. Obviously, not much I can say about this as I didn't see the fight. But th- there's a lot I gotta say about this PBC broadcast because they're just screwing up so 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 many simple things. I mean, okay, the judging that's that that's not on them. The screw up with the scorecards that's not that's not on them. Okay. That's that's on the uh, Virginia Athletic Commission. This t- this uh, fight took place in Fairfax, Virginia. What I did find a bit puzzling, though, was that afterwards, PBC put out a tweet that said, oh, the fight's been ruled a draw, shrug emoji. And it's like, that's, that's all you're going to do? That's all you're going to say about that is just a shrug emoji? Sure, that's a Korobov, okay? I mean, oh, man. No, 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 no. You got to be a bit more professional. And also, the fight is taking place in Virginia. Why do they keep showing exterior shots of Washington, D.C.? Yeah, the Washington Monument is only 18 miles away from where the fight was taking place. But, it's in a, it, that's not Virginia. Don't show the Washington Monument because that is not in Virginia. I don't care if it's close. Uh, yeah, there, trust me, there's going to be a lot more about this as, uh, as the fight went on, or sorry, as the broadcast went on, but, uh, next on the undercard was, oh, this was a good fight, uh, Mario Barrios taking on Juan Jose Velasco, uh, Barrios is undefeated with a record of 23-0, and 16 of, or, sorry, at the time, 15 of those wins were by way of knockout, but uh, he added another knockout to his record because he just gave Juan Jose Velasco, who uh, entered the ring with a record of 20 wins, one loss. This was uh, this was a tremendous body shot that he dropped Velasco with. And the thing is, it happened so quickly. I actually said I must have blinked when he landed the body shot because... I just see Velasco take a step back, and then he grimaces, and then he goes down, and I'm like, what just happened? What what, what did I miss? And the thing was, even the commentators did not know what happened. Like, I think I heard Lennox Lewis saying, oh, that must have been a right hook. And I'm just thinking, okay, well, you know, Velasco's been counted out now, okay? So show the replay. Show the replay. And they don't show the replay. It's like they're, they're cutting to Barrios' sister, who is also a boxer. 
And it's like, okay, that, that that's fine. I, I don't care about Barrios' sister. Show the knockout again. And they keep, and then they're showing pictures of Barrios' sister. And, and I'm thinking, what are you doing? Show the knockout. Show the replay. And then it's like, let's go to commercial. And I'm thinking, okay, well, when they come back, They'll show it. And no, they come back and they're still like cutting to Barrios' sister. I'm like, is somebody trying to set this girl up for a date or something? Show the knockout. Finally, they do. And it was this beautiful left hook to the body that when you see it, you're kind of like, oh, that's why Velasco didn't get back up. Ouch. That, yeah, no, that, that really looked like it hurt. Uh... Mario Barrios, he's been knocking everybody out since uh, 2016. Uh, he's been on a knockout streak since December 10th of 2016. He's being trained by Virgil Hunter, who is famous for training Andre Ward and Amir Khan. But uh, I, I can't say that his success with Khan has been the greatest. Well, let's be honest. I mean, obviously, they've had more wins than losses. But at the same time... I think he might have found somebody who's hopefully going to be able to continue the uh, success he had with Andre Ward because uh, Barrios just looked incredible. You know, he's saying that he wants a title shot next. It certainly looks like he's earned one with uh, with this performance. Just a brutal second-round knockout of the once-defeated Juan Jose Velasco. And, yeah, great body shot. PBC, get a better director to, uh, you know, get your instant replays ready because this it shouldn't have taken that long to get a devastating knockout like that ready. Okay, that, that, that's just my opinion. I don't have a lot of experience in television production. You know, I, I watch TV, I watch Netflix, but uh, for love of God, you could have done a lot better than this. Then later in the broadcast, they announced that Manny Pacquiao will be fighting Keith one-time Thurman on pay-per-view on July 20th. Ugh, my thoughts on this fight? Okay, it's obvious that Pacquiao was not going to fight Errol Spence. You know, I I remember just, it must have been a few days after uh, the Spence fight with Garcia when Pacquiao was in the ring you know, talking about one day possibly fighting Spence. He then puts out a poll on Twitter saying, who do you want to see me fight next? And I think, if I recall correctly, the options were uh, Danny Garcia, uh, Keith Thurman, a rematch with Floyd Mayweather, and I can't remember, but I know that Errol Spence was not among the candidates. So as soon as that happened, it's kind of like, okay, you're not going to fight Errol Spence, so that's fine. But I don't know if I want to see him fighting Keith Thurman. Honestly, win, lose, or draw, I really hope this is Manny Pacquiao's last fight. I am tired of seeing him chase the dragon of a rematch with Floyd Mayweather that is uh, not going to happen. And even if it did, no one wants to see that. We were duped the first time, all right? We, you know... Fool us once, shame on you. Fool us twice, shame on us. But uh, no, I'm not going to get fooled again. And I think a lot of people are smart too. Floyd Mayweather has also said, yeah, I'm not coming back. Nope, I'm done. So, great. I don't want to see a rematch between those two. 
I don't want to see Manny Pacquiao fighting in the ring at 40 years old. Okay? I'm done. But if he thinks that he can do it against Keith Thurman, great. Go for it. I'll watch it, but honestly, you know, who knows? Maybe a couple years down the line, I'll be doing a rewind video about Keith Thurman and his fight against Manny Pacquiao and how that ended up retiring Pacquiao. I just, I think this is a bad idea. I think Pacquiao is uh, trying to chase greatness or obtain greatness that he already has. What's the point? What do you gain by beating Keith Thurman? People say you're not just one of the best fighters of your generation, but you're one of the best fighters of all time. Like, what what are you trying to do, Manny? Because I still can't figure it out. Either way, now we come to the uh, main event. And in a previous podcast, I had said that I was kind of worried about Lennox Lewis because... He was remembering things incorrectly from his own career. He was saying that it took two years to get a a rematch with Asim Rotman. It took about six months. He was saying that he got knocked out in the second round and that the referees stopped the fight too early. No, that's the Oliver McCall fight you're talking about, Lennox. Go back and listen to that podcast because it's clear that I I was obviously thinking that he might have some sort of uh, dementia going on. Lennox Lewis tries very hard when he's working the broadcast team on PBC. The thing is, he needs to try a lot harder. A lot harder. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're asking about him about Jared Hurd, and this is what he had to say. I, I couldn't get the audio, but this is what he said, word for word. Jared Hurd, he's a volume puncher. He throws a lot of punches in volume. Bravo, Lennox. This is is the kind of expert analysis that we expect from PBC. I mean, thank God we have someone like you around to tell us these things. I mean, no one, no one could have been able to to give us such deep insight. It's, It's the kind of insight that only people who were undisputed heavyweight champions have. I mean, wow. Lennox, whatever they're paying you at PBC, it's not enough. That level of expert analysis you're offering, oh my God. I'm I'm surprised that the rest of the broadcast team was able to continue because if I were there, I would have been in such awe of such deep insight and analysis. Wow. A volume puncher who throws a lot of punches in volume. Wow. Before the ring walk started, they, uh, they they did a great thing, and they uh, they paid tribute to two people who uh, had passed away recently. In fact, uh, one of them was that day. Uh, on Friday, former cruiserweight and heavyweight contender Burt Cooper passed away. And then that Saturday, yesterday rather, Harold Letterman, the longtime HBO unofficial judge, passed away after a battle with cancer 
And the thing is, when they announced that uh, Harold Letterman passed away, you can actually hear some audible gasps in the audience. First, yesterday, former cruiserweight and former heavyweight contender Burt Cooper passed away. In a career that spanned 28 years, he faced 10 world champions and challenged for the world title three times. And we just learned that today, the very sad news that International Boxing Hall of Famer Harold Letterman passed away. The longtime renowned boxing judge and unofficial judge for HBO Boxing, his career spanned across six decades. He was a well-loved man of the sport. We'll dearly miss him. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, please rise and remain silent as our timekeeper tolls 10 in honor of Smokin' Burt Cooper and Harold Letterman. It's nice that they were able to pay tribute like that, and I love it when the boxing fans are actually quiet enough to show respect like that. It's a great tribute to Burt Cooper and Harold Letterman. Harold Letterman, the man was a staple of HBO boxing. It did not feel like a genuine HBO boxing broadcast if he was not on it, and I can I can rarely think of one where he was not there offering... Uh, his opinion of the fight, the scoring, and constantly saying, okay, Jim, that, that voice of his, almost uh, almost a bit like Gilbert Gottfried's. It's uh, easily recognizable. Often you try to imitate it, but uh, only Harold could do Harold, and only Harold could uh, do a job so well and sound like he was having so much fun while doing it. There are going to be a lot of people who uh, who are going to be unofficial judges during a fight for whatever broadcast, whether it's Showtime, whether it's PBC, ESPN, regardless. But none of them will be able to do it as well as Harold Letterman, and none of them will be able to sound like they were having as much fun as Harold Letterman was having. So uh, that was a nice tribute. So... Into the ring for the main event walked Julian Williams. Williams, with a record of twenty-seven or sorry, twenty-six wins, one loss, sixteen wins coming by way of knockout. The only loss on his record was to Jermal, Jermal Charlo. That was back in uh, December of two thousand sixteen. Char, Charlo knocked him out in the uh, the fifth round, and he's been slowly building himself back into contention. He's got some victories over Ishe Smith and Francisco Castro. This was going to be his second world title attempt against the undefeated Jared Hurd, who entered the ring with a record of 23 wins, no losses, also 16 wins coming by way of knockout. You kind of got the feeling that this they were hoping that this would be a, sort of a coming out party for Jared Hurd. They were showing a big uh, video package beforehand, and they were talking about how Hurd... Uh, you know, he was kind of aimless when he uh, turned 20. He he didn't know what he wanted to do with his life. And so he decided that he was going to turn pro as a boxer. 
And his family, they support him, but they said, you know, you've got to make this work after a few years because after that, you're on your own. Well, obviously, Hurd has made it work. He, uh, you know, he's a unified 154-pound champion, 28 years old, and he still lives at home. That's the puzzling thing. Honest to God, I mean... If I was 28 years old, still living at home, my parents would kind of... No, they, they, they would not go for that. They would not go for that at all. Uh, yeah, they, they'd be doing everything to kind of get me out of the house. It's like, nope, you know, you're almost 30. What the hell are you doing? And I got to ask that to Jared Hurd. What the hell are you doing? You're 30... Or, sorry, you're almost 30 years old and you're still living at home. No, just get the hell out. But, um, so he enters the ring, and the, the way he was dressed, he looked like Shazam. Or, if you're someone my dad's age, he looked like Captain Marvel. Like, the the original Captain Marvel, not uh, the Brie Larson Captain Marvel. But, uh, either way. So the fight starts, and, uh, William's obviously an underdog, it looked, he looked like he was coming out to win, and it, it was a bit of a slow start. I gave the first round to Hurd, but then Williams comes out in the second round, and he, you would have thought that this was a four-round fight or something, because the way he was going at Hurd, it looked like he was trying to uh, finish this guy as quickly as possible, and for a while, it looked like he was going to, because he's just landing all these hard shots, and then... Out of nowhere, he drops Hurd. There, see, he's, slow, he's, he's not that hurt where he can't unload with some hard combos right there. Hurd leaning in. Hurd needs to give himself some punching room a little bit so he can rattle off his combination. And take punching. advantage of that reach. Yes. Uh, uh, he had no problem reaching Williams with that hook to the head and then drop to the body. Oh, the right. And then a left by Williams. Oh! Down is Hurd in the ropes. Quickly up. It was one of those flash knockdowns where he hit him in the top of the head and messed up his equilibrium. And I, I have to be honest with you. Early, just uh, before the fight started, as Williams was coming out, I I decided, oh, maybe I'll be a smartass on social media. And I wrote that Williams was probably going to get downed quicker than a bottle of tequila at Lindsay Lohan's place. Yeah, that comment did not age well. Oh boy, boy did I look stupid, but geez, did Williams look fantastic. Oh, he, he obviously knew about Hurd's reputation for being a slow starter, and he took full advantage of that. He knew that he doesn't have a second to waste, and why waste it if you don't have to? He just went after him. You would have thought that this was the 12th round and that he needed a knockout, but he was, you know, fighting with tremendous gut, so... And it just continued from there. And you can tell that he's he, he's going after Hurd, but he's also being a bit cautious as well. He You can tell that he doesn't want to run into anything because Hurd could be playing possum. But it just it's becoming clear that Hurd's punches, he's throwing them a bit wide. He's throwing them too wide. And also, they're, they're, they're not connecting with the thudding power that Williams is landing with. And Williams is landing some great punches. You know, it, he was also tagging Hurd with a jab. And I kept thinking, 
how is uh, Jared Hurd like constantly getting hit with that jab? Like, where's the head movement? Why, why aren't you just like, you know, moving off to the side? But no, he's getting tagged with a jab. And, oh, Williams, Williams had this sneaky but beautiful uppercut that uh, he was always, uh, it didn't seem like he was able to miss Hurd with it. And he'd land that uppercut and, oh my gosh, it was, it was a really, really good fight. And then, at times, Jared Hurd would come out of the corner for the start of the round and you could uh you could see that he was starting to step up the pace but Williams would rise to the occasion at one point in the in the fight uh you know Hurd starts off with a good combo and Williams just takes a step back and waves his gloves towards him like okay bring it on because whatever Hurd was able to land on Williams Williams was able to do twice as much on Jared Hurd it was a tremendous fight. I was the only thing that I was constantly worried about in the back of my mind was occasionally uh, both guys, but particularly Williams, would be landing low blows. And I thought, oh gosh, I, I hope we don't have any controversy. We're taking a point away or disqualification to uh, to kind of ruin this fight. The other thing I was worried about was the scorecards. We had this problem with Korobov versus Aleem. I hope that these judges, wherever they're from, I hope that uh, they can do simple arithmetic and score this fight properly. I don't want to see, you know, at the end of a fight where it looks like this is a clearly competitive fight and that it's uh, Williams' fight at the moment. I don't want to see uh, one judge have it, you know, scored correctly, but then another judge scores it, you know, 10 rounds to two for Jared Hurd. That would just, that would ruin it. And as the fight went on, there were, there were some problems with Williams' corner. Or not, sorry, not with Williams' corner. His corner seemed to have everything under control. It was with Hurd's corner. Uh, a couple of times, the tape on Williams, or why do I keep saying Williams? The tape on Hurd's gloves kept coming undone. And, uh, Dan Goosen, who was working commentary for the fight, he said, well, there's a trick uh, to make sure that that doesn't happen. He's got to tell that trick to Hurd's Corner in the future. Or, you know what, maybe they kind of, maybe, just maybe, they were kind of doing that on purpose to give their their guy a chance to recover. You know, you got to call timeout, you got to bring him back over to the corner. That gives him a chance to breathe, to recover. It gives him a chance to quickly relay some instructions. They were also putting too much Vaseline on his face a few times. I, you know, like you see these big chunks of Vaseline and I'm thinking, like, what are you doing? It, it almost looks like Jared Hurd's trying to do whiteface or something, but, oh, no, it, 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 it was a great, great fight. One of the best fights that I've probably seen on PBC. But one thing that frustrated me about this was that sometimes they were showing instant replays during the fight. It's like, who is directing this show? Who is directing this broadcast? Because they're not showing the uh, the Mario Barrios knockout replay when they should. But they're showing replays of a low blow when they shouldn't. They're showing it as the fight's going on. I'm not worried about did a 
a, uh, a punch land low while the fight's going on. Show me that during the one minute between rounds. Oh my God. I, I, I could not understand this. And then Jared Hurd gets cut above his right eye. And you can tell that both guys are, uh, both guys are giving it everything they can. You can't really say a bad thing about either guy because this was a tremendous fight and both gave tremendous performances that they create new fans. And hopefully hopefully this fight created some new fans for the sport. And the, the, the chins on both of them. I mean, yes, Hurd did get dropped, but he got up quickly. These were shots that would take out ordinary men. But then, you know, like this is boxing and I was reminded of a quote from, or not a quote, but rather a line from Lawrence of Arabia. These are not ordinary men. I don't want ordinary men. And yeah, as you're watching it, you're realizing these guys, these are not ordinary men. And if they were ordinary men, yeah, the fight probably would have ended quicker, but we wouldn't be getting this back and forth action ebbing and flowing, it seemed for 12 rounds it was great and of course you know as the fight is entering the last round and the way that i don't know maybe it was my tv maybe it was the way the broadcast was being formatted but clearly it was not formatted to fit my tv because i could not see the clock so i didn't know where we would be in in the round at certain times and um it was probably in the last few seconds but uh uh, Hurd is clinching Williams along the rope. Williams, at one point, sticks his tongue out and actually looked into the camera. Now, I gotta be honest, sometimes that kind of cockiness can, like, th that can probably rub some people, like myself, the wrong way, but after a performance like this, it's kind of like, no, you know what? You've kind of earned that. You've kind of earned that. And another thing that uh, shocked me was... Uh, I think it was around the maybe the tenth or eleventh round. Uh, Heidi again, I cannot remember her last name, but uh, she had been speaking to Hurd's corner. Hurd's corner was telling him that they were thinking of stopping the fight if he kept getting hit with punches like this. So that would have been a major upset, but um, it, it didn't happen. Hurd was coming on strong in the twelfth round. His corner told him that he needed a knockdown or a knockout, but. Uh, it didn't happen, and it was, if anything, it was Williams who was once again fighting like he needed it. And oh my God, what what a fight! They uh, they go to the scorecards, and all I kept thinking was, "Don't screw this up! Don't screw this up!" And uh, I bet you I wasn't the only one doing that. But then the bell rang, and let's go to the scorecards. Judge at ringside, Alfredo Polanco scores about 116 to 111. Judges Robin Taylor and Steve Weisfeld both scored about 115 to 112. All three in favor of the winner and the new unified super welterweight champion of the world, Julian J. Rock Will. Well, this is one fight that we definitely have to see again. 
Oh, you, you want a rematch already? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it was yeah, outstanding. A rematch. I got to be honest, once again, what was the director thinking? Who knows what he was thinking? But just just seconds before Jimmy Lennon said, and the new, the camera cuts directly to Heard. And you're kind of thinking, oh my God, they're going to give it to him? But no, then like it's on him. And then they say, and the new. And oh, yeah, Williams just overcome with emotion uh, I agree with with Lennox Lewis. I would like to see a rematch. I don't know if I'd like to see it right away. Let's see what else Williams can do. But uh, afterwards, he gave a very emotional interview. J-Rock, you told me, I feel like I'm dreaming. You're not dreaming. You've got a lot. You got to make some room in the house for all this hardware. Describe this emotion right now. First of all, I want to say alhamdulillah. I'm just so blessed. It's the... Hey, it's okay. This is your moment. You you just told me you've worked for this since you were four years old. I can twelve. Twelve years. I have to be last a month of Ramadan. I just want to say Ramadan back to all the Muslims out there. I worked so hard. Excuse my language, but the whole monster were shit on me after I lost the Jarmo. They told me I was done. They told me I had no chin. But I just got patient. I just kept making plenty of duas for my career, my family. I don't want to cry. Don't worry. You worked really hard in this camp. You you went away from home twice to California. How much did that make a difference for you? Because not many guys can keep Jarrett Hurd along the ropes like you did in this fight. Well, first of all, I went away to camp in February, for the month of February. Then I went back out there in April. I missed my daughter's birthday. She just turned four years. I know she's happy. I'm just so blessed. I'm gonna be glad. I'm gonna be glad. I'm just so blessed. J- Jared is such a great fighter, and he pushed me. But I got so motivated. Everybody was doubting me. I just, I just turned my Twitter off, turned my Instagram off. I block all the good stuff and all the bad stuff because the Boston world they make it seem like fighters take a loss and they can't come back. And I, I just knew that that wasn't the case. Boxing world, stop condemning fighters after they take a loss. It's boxing, things happen. Plenty of great fighters took losses, and plenty and they, and they went on to be great fighters. Yeah, you gotta keep supporting Jack. Jerry is a great fighter. He pushed me to the limit. I tell him all the time. It was a great interview, and uh, Williams very classy, showing a lot of respect not just to Jared Hurd but also Hurd's family, talking about how uh, he. He really uh, liked Hurd's mother, but he didn't want to spend too much time talking to her because he thought that she might try to soften him up for his son. Like, oh, I don't want to hurt your son so badly, so maybe I'll go easy on him and then knock him out or something. But what I really loved about uh, his interview was the part where he told the boxing world, stop writing off fighters after one loss. And he's so right. How many fighters have we seen who suffer their first defeat and are able to come back bigger and better than ever? I mean, Alexis Arguello lost his first fight by knockout, if I remember correctly. Nonito Donaire lost his second or third fight. Bernard Hopkins lost two fights before he finally won the middleweight championship. 
He lost his first fight, Hopkins did. So, yeah, I mean, it's one thing to make someone the underdog, but to say, oh, well, they can't take a punch, they've got no chin, they've got no power. I mean, look at Julian, or yeah, look at Julian Williams and question that because it was just such a great performance from him. He and Jared Hurd, you know, they made a lot of new fans last night. I'm one of them for both guys, and th- there's not enough good things I can say about either fighter. It was a great fight, a great night for boxing, and I can't wait to see what happens next. Now, as for a rematch, like I said, let's see what uh, Williams can do in this weight division, and then we can build uh, a rematch into something bigger and better. This could lead to a great series of fights between uh, the two of them. Who knows? Hurd might win the rematch, and that could lead to a great rubber match. But uh, we're going to have to see. This is boxing. These are interesting times. But uh, once again, all the credit to uh, Jared Hurd and especially to Julian Williams for earning this victory. He really went out and earned it. It's not that he won. He earned it. He took the 154-pound championship from Jared Hurd. And I can't wait to see what happens next. Moving on. Next week is the uh, heavyweight championship fight between the undefeated Deontay Wilder with a record of 40 wins, no losses, one draw. That draw was to Tyson Fury. 39 wins by way of knockout. He's going to be taking on Dominic Brazil. 20 wins, one loss, 18 wins by way of knockout. Not a lot I can say about this fight. Uh, I'm not sure if I'll be able to see it, but um, for this, I'm looking towards uh, Deontay Wilder to get the knockout. I mean, that comes kind of obvious, but who knows? Maybe Brazil will take a page out of Tyson Fury's book and the constant movement and feints. That's going to keep uh, Wilder at bay. It could be an interesting fight. I mean, I, I think that after watching Julian Williams, we should learn that we can't count out someone just because they have one loss on their record, and that's all that Brazil has. But that loss was to Anthony Joshua. That was back uh, June 25th of 2016, my birthday, and uh, Brazil was knocked out in round seven by Joshua so who knows this could be a little this could be sort of a test for Wilder to see if he can take out um one of Joshua's former opponents quicker than Joshua did it's going to be an interesting measuring stick that people will use for uh the fight that hopefully will one day happen between Wilder and Joshua and then one of them can move on to Tyson Fury I, I really hope that happens soon. I mean, I, w- I would have thought that after Wilder versus Fury that, okay, now one of them's got to fight Joshua next. Not quite, but uh, I feel that we're getting there. Hope Hopefully this gets us a bit closer. Anyway, that's all we have for you this week. We hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Boxing for Free podcast. You can find us online at www.boxingforfree.com. That's boxing, the number four, free.com. 
twitter.com slash boxing for free. Be like Arislandi Lara, Robert Guerrero, Berman Stavern, Millerad Zizek, Adonis Stevenson, Glenn Johnson. Wow, that's a lot of famous boxers and hundreds of others. And follow us on Twitter. Go to youtube.com slash boxing for free and like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash boxing for free page. You can subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, and several other podcast directories. If you use iTunes, give us a review and let everyone know that the Boxing for Free podcast is your source for boxing news and commentary. I'm Andrew Schweitzer. Thank you for listening, and we hope you tune in next time. Boxing world, stop condemning fighters after they take a loss. It's boxing. Things happen. Plenty of great fighters took losses, and plenty and they went on to be great fighters.